Hello and welcome. I'm Dr. Tom Cheney and this is Living Health Live. My co-host for the show and in our practice is my wife, Dr. Stephanie Cheney. Thanks for joining us. This is your show, so take advantage of this time to begin your journey to good health. November is National Diabetes Month, so for this entire month, Dr. Steph and I, we're going to provide information right from our book, Defeat Diabetes, with instructions to help you live a better, healthier life, free from complications and free from type 2 diabetes. This is your place to get valuable information, so feel free to check out our website at mylivinghealth.com. You can sign up for our newsletter there. Also, you can call our office to schedule an appointment at 410-216-9180. So let's get started today. Um, what we're, we're taking some sections and some of the pieces out of our book, and today what we're gonna talk about is um, eating organic and eating non-GMO foods. Um, GMO standing for stands for genetically modified organisms. And so we talk to patients about this and some patients um, may complain that it's too expensive or you know what's the big deal? You know, the food looks the same. They just maybe just don't understand that um, how a non-organic um, GMO food is actually gonna contribute to poor health and to health issues. So we're gonna talk all about that today. That's our topic. We're actually gonna split this into two segments. And um, why don't we start by just explaining for the listeners the difference between organic produce and non-organic GMO and and non-GMO. So yeah, let's start with organic versus non-organic first. And so, when we're talking about produce, so most of the plant crops that are born, uh, that are grown in the states, um, organic simply means that they are um, grown um, with strict guidelines with no pesticides or herbicides. Pesticides are the chemicals that kill any of the bugs and worms and you know the generally the pests that like to eat the crops. And then the herbicides are chemicals that are designed to literally burn any weeds to the ground or any competing plants aside from the crop itself. And so this is um, hypothesized to help bring higher yields. And um, of course, that's supposed to be better business for the farmers. Um, and so organic is no pesticides, no herbicides, clean soil. In fact, in order to have a, a crop actually be able to be designated organic, the soil um, has to be clean and pesticide-free, herbicide-free for so many years so that it sort of supposedly worked itself even out of the soil. GMO versus non-GMO um, is connected, but kind of a separate thing. So GMO, genetically modified organisms, they can apply to either plant matter or animal matter, um, animals. And basically there's been some modification to the gene of in the case of plant crops. And the reason why uh, a company would do this, and this is done by chemical companies, so the very same companies that make the herbicides and pesticides will then try to figure out how to genetically modify the actual plant crop at the seed level so that it can withstand all of the spraying of the herbicide. Otherwise, everything would burn to the ground. Um, Agent Orange is a good example of an herbicide. Um, it was used in Vietnam to literally burn down entire jungles. Um, and it has a terrible impact on health, which we'll get into. Um, and then there's a, um, another herbicide called glyphosate, which we're gonna spend a lot of time talking about also. 
um, that has been deemed as relatively safe by this government. Um, it's manufactured um, uh, by a company called uh, Monsanto, and it's found in, in Roundup. So let's but, go back to um, to organic versus non-organic. So it sounds like um, if you're doing, if you're producing non-organic food, it sounds like it's good for the farmer and maybe good for the chemical companies. They're able to produce more, um, but um, it sounds like if you're the organic farmer, it sounds like it's maybe more challenging to actually produce and, and maintain those standards. Well, if you're talking about mass production, yes, but um, there are some very successful organic farmers that use old world organic farming practices that that when when used in such a way actually produce very good, healthy produce. Um, but we're in an age where we're trying to mass produce everything and get high, high yields. And so the, the organisms have been genetically altered and modified to be able to withstand the spraying of herbicides and pesticides where everything around it dies. The problem is this is having huge impacts on our health. Um, and so uh, uh, it's very interesting though that the companies that are genetically modifying the organisms are the same companies that are producing these chemicals. And so you're right, uh, it's, it's in the company's interest. It's in, the, to some degree, the farmer's interest. Although um, there are reports that um, you know, farmers, small farmers, organic farmers around the country have, have been singled out by some of these larger uh, chemical companies, um, sued in some cases, um, and almost wiped off the face of the earth because um, these genetically modified organisms are causing huge problems to other crops because they will cross-pollinate and then end up. And the other thing, too, about genetically modified organisms, a lot of these um, seeds have been genetically modified. The plants have been engineered to have one life cycle, and the seeds do not reproduce. So the, the farmer now is bound to the company, like Monsanto, to have to keep repurchasing seeds every year to grow mm -hmm. the crop because the plant has also been uh, modified to terminate. Um, so we basically have infertile plants that we're eating that are sprayed with massive amounts of pesticides and herbicides and have been genetically modified further to be able to withstand the spraying of these chemicals, which means that we're eating food that genetically is not the food that we normally would eat, you know, 100 years ago, and we're eating massive amounts of pesticides and herbicides. And the scary part is that some of these herbicides and chemicals, they're not able to just be washed off well, let's talk or about, peeled off. Yeah, let's talk about, um, you mentioned glyphosate. So let's, let's talk about what glyphosate is and um, where do we get it. And maybe um, you know, some of our listeners might be familiar with Roundup. That's something that you see at Home Depot and yeah. you know, in any of the hardware stores. And you may have used it on your lawn or on weeds. So, um, so that's, that's in that same category, correct? Right. So, um, yeah. So glyphosate is the main component of Roundup. And Roundup is the weed killer um, that you can find at pretty much any hardware store. It's been, quote unquote, deemed as safe. Um, uh, ironically, one of the studies that I saw that, that deemed it as safe was published by a journal that was basically sponsored by the pharmaceutical tobacco and chemist, chemist, chemical um, produ producing industry. So there is some conflict of interest as far as even some of the research produced. But glyphosate came onto the market um, from Monsanto sometime in the 70s. And then it's, um, it started getting 
just sprayed in mass quantities on large crops in the states. So like corn, soy, um, peanuts, beets. Um, and beets are used a lot more than people realize because whether you like eating beets or not, beet sugar is one of the number one sugars that is put into manufacturing um, products as far as a sweetener. And of course, corn and corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup. So a lot, most of the commercial sweeteners in our manufactured food is from corn and um, uh, wheat, uh, sorry, beets. Wheat is not a genetically modified um, uh, uh, crop in this country necessarily, but it is massively sprayed. Um, and a lot of these other um, plant crops that are not necessarily gen gen genetically modified are still sprayed at the end of the crop season to burn the plant to the ground. And so it can then go into the soil and it basically kills, kills it off so they can start fresh the next year. So they're still using the glyphosate, the Roundup um, chemicals on these plants, whether they're genetically modified or not. And so um, what glyphosate specifically is, is a broad spectrum herbicide and crop desiccant, and it's used to kill the weeds and grasses that compete with the crops. So the idea is you have higher yields, right? Um, it, the main component of Monsanto's Roundup weed killer, and it's the reason that Monsanto developed genetically modified organisms in the first place was because they had to figure out a way to make their crop survive while everything else burned to the ground. Um, even cotton is treated with glyphosates. So the problem is it's not even just what we eat. It's also what we're wearing and what we're wrapping our bodies in because skin is a is an absorbing organ. Um, and so um, it's kind of infiltrated almost everything. And so what we eat, what we drink, you know, a lot of um, uh, drinks that people consume are sweetened with corn syrup or beet sugar. So these are genetically modified, heavy glyphosate sprayed. Um, so even the soda you're drinking, the fruit juice you're drinking, if it's not non-GMO and organic, you're probably getting exposed to glyphosates. And um, so we are getting these even now because of the massive amounts of spraying um, that they're able to do. And they're having to, over the course of the last few decades, use more and more and more because what's happening is the weeds are becoming resistant. <laughs> they're trying to outsmart these horrible chemicals. And so now there are glyphosate resistant weeds and they're, they're called super weeds. It's very, very similar to the concept of super um, um, resistant, anti, uh, antibiotic resistant bacteria. So mm -hmm. the bacteria have been exposed to these antibiotics for so long that they're, they're genetically engineering themselves um, over many generations to be able to actually, you know, overcome the antibiotics. So we've got super bugs in hospitals and now we have super weeds in our crops. So they're having to come up with more and more creative ways to get these herbicides to kill. Um, and so now the latest is what we're seeing is that um, Monsanto's working out ways to combine um, Roundup with an Agent Orange derivative. Mm. So literally wow. now what we have in the United States, um, if you're not eating uh, organic, you're basically exposed to high amounts of Agent Orange and glyphosates together. And the problem with glyphosates is they increase the toxicity of all of these other chemicals. They increase the toxicity of most toxins, actually, and we'll kind of get into how that is. But it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And let's, um, <clears throat> you know, and so that's a great background for our listeners. And now we want to talk about how does um, how does this affect our overall health? And specifically for a type two diabetic, 
um, how does it affect type 2 diabetes? Yeah, so I'm going to talk generally first about um, just the the horrifying <laughs> outcomes with regards to these chemicals. So interestingly enough, and we've talked about the diabetes stats and we've talked about the consumption of corn and high fructose corn syrup stats. And since the 70s and 80s, there's been an exponential growth in diseases like Alzheimer's, dementia, um, cancer, Parkinson's, um, and diabetes, obesity, all of it, just in the last since the 80s. Well, what happened in the 70s and 80s to all of a sudden have this huge astronomical, for the first time in human history, like huge thing? Well, we're consuming much more sugar, right? Um, and we talked about that in our sugar show. So we're consuming lots of high fructose corn syrup, beet sugar, sugar generally, it's, it's in most manufactured um, uh, products. But we're also consuming massive amounts of glyphosate and herbicides and pesticides that got introduced into the food system and the crop system in the 70s. And so um, a study came out, um, and I'll talk about the study. Um, it's uh, in, the, in the archives of toxicology, it came out this past 2017 uh, February, and essentially what it said is a huge body of evidence now exists on the role of pesticides and herbicide exposure in diseases such as cancer, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, ALS, which is an autoimmune nerve, neurodegenerative, that's Lou Gehrig's disease, asthma, bronchitis, infertility, birth defects, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, autism, diabetes, and obesity. Basically, this is most of the chronic stuff we're dealing with, and now right. it's being connected with these chemicals. Wow. Basically, yeah, like you said, this is something that is linked in the research to many of these chronic diseases that we're dealing with, and we're seeing these, these diseases exponentially increase across um, you know, all different uh, ages and genders. I'm Dr. Tom and um, you're here with Dr. Steph. I wanna take a quick moment to thank our sponsors, Cyrex Laboratories and Professional Co-op. We're going through today, uh, actually this whole month is National Diabetes Month. And so what we're doing is we're going through our book and we're talking about different sections and strategies in our book to help patients out there um, with type 2 diabetes, but really this topic today applies to anyone, um, and you can apply this to your life. We're talking about eating fresh, organic, non-GMO fruits and vegetables. So Dr. Steph, why don't you just really quickly recap? Yeah. Okay. So very quickly, um, we talked about uh, what genetically modified organisms were versus non-genetically modified. So GMO is um, what you want to avoid, and organic versus non-organic, and non-organic is what you want to avoid. So um, the reason why generally is what the research is now showing, especially in the last few years, um, is pretty definitively that um, herbicides like glyphosate, in particular glyphosate, um, are contributing to um, autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's, ALS, um, inflammation like type 1 diabetes, which is an autoimmune disease, allergies, so increased allergies, um, neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, autism, ADD, ADHD in young kids, um, cancer. Uh, glyphosate studies show that breast cancers form and grow with direct exposure to glyphosates in actual lab testing. Um, and then metabolic diseases such as obesity, diabetes, thyroid, and adrenal gland issues. So basically, if you look at the broad spectrum of most of the chronic diseases that we suffer from in this country that have grown log like exponentially 
exponentially since the 70s and 80s, one of the contributing factors now that we're realizing is this chemical, environmental chemical burden, especially with glyphosate, which is found in Roundup, which is made by Monsanto, and it's a weed killer that you could, I mean, we see... We see them spraying it in our own neighborhood. Right, right. <laughs> like it's no big deal. So, um, so yeah. let's talk about actually how does glyphosate contribute to diabetes? Right, because our focus this month for um, Amer- you know National Diabetes Month, um, and our focus is of course reversing diabetes. Um, so it, this is not just like a namby pamby, uh, you know, let's just do this because the hippies do it. You know, organic, we eat everything organic, crunchy, kumbaya, whatever. This is this is serious. So. Um, and it's amazing. Once I started delving into how glyphosate actually contributes to and potentially causes type 2 diabetes, type 2 diabetes, just so everybody out there knows, it's not just your mom that has it or your aunt that has it. Half the country right now is pre-diabetic or diabetic. That's just what's known. It's an so epidemic. It's an epidemic, and we are dying from it. Number one killer for a type 2 diabetic in this country is heart attack or stroke. That's the number one killer. These all go hand in hand, and glyphosate is kind of at the bottom of it. So it directly and indirectly causes elevated sugars through different mechanisms. I'm going to kind of go through them. I hope I'll get them all in today. Um, We are going to have another show coming up, um, a follow-up to this, so we can talk about solutions, because I don't want to freak everybody out without giving you all the things that we can do. But number one, it literally, what it does is it prevents cells and tissues from taking up sugar out of the blood, for example, after a meal. Um, and storing them in the tissues for fuel later. I just want you to picture a little cell, and it's in a, a, a muscle, for example, with a whole pile of other cells, and there's spaces in between the cells, right? There's an outside part of the, sp- of the cell that's part of the tissue. Well, what our bodies do is they take sugar into the tissue. The cell may not need all the sugar, so what it does is it stacks up the sugar outside of itself, not much different than if you're stacking up firewood for the winter outside of your house very similar for fuel later. So throughout the day, your cell is burning sugar, and as it needs more, it just goes outside, gets a couple logs, (laughs) brings it back inside, and burns it up for sugar, okay? If it doesn't have that stash, it will starve. And so what happens is glyphosate, um, what it does is it blocks the cells and tissues ability to do that. And so what that does is it keeps the sugar that you just absorbed in from your meal circulating around in high levels just in the blood. That's one of the direct things that actually causes elevated blood sugar. And so meanwhile, your cells are starving, your muscles are tired and weak, and they want sugar. You have sugar, but it's floating around in the blood and it cannot get in. So that's one of the ways that it directly causes um, diabetes, because diabetes is basically a buildup of blood sugar, Right. right? Sugar in the blood. It causes imbalances to the bacteria in the gut. So here's the thing, we're talking about an herbicide designed to kill living things. So it's a chemical, and what it does is it replaces a certain protein um, that is involved in many, many biological processes. It replaces that protein with itself. So glyphosate takes over, and, and what it does is it inhibits biological function. That's how it kills. So if it's gonna kill plants, it's gonna kill us, right? We have lots of bacteria. We have more bacterial cells in our gut than we do human cells in the whole body. And these bacteria are required to make certain proteins for us, Um, immune modulating chemicals. They're required to make certain vitamins like B12 and folic acid, which is B9 and vitamin K and all the things that are needed for our brain to function or in our cells to function and everything. And what happens is the bacteria get killed off 
and an imbalance gets created and the bacteria that remain are blocked from producing all of these critical nutrients. And then we end up with something called dysbiosis and leaky gut, and that sets us up for inflammation. So we become nutrient starved because of the glyphosate. So our cells can't work and burn sugar very well anyways. Our brains aren't working very well to direct the show. And then we end up with this bacterial imbalance that leads to leaky gut, which then leads to inflammation. And anything that causes inflammation, if you've heard our past shows, will cause sugars to go up. Um, and so this is one of the indirect mechanisms for that to happen. Um, Glyphosate gets incorporated into the body's proteins by replacing one of the most important amino acids to our overall health. And this amino acid is called glycine, and it's found in every single living critter, all the way down to little one-celled organisms, plants, animals, all of it. And it's absolutely imperative for normal um, body function. Glycine um, is an amino acid essential for several biologically important biomolecules and compounds. It participates in the synthesis of proteins. So we're talking at a DNA level in our cells. It um, helps glutathione and other um, detoxification reactions actually run. So it's important for our detoxification pathways. Um, it's a broad-spectrum anti-inflammatory. We're talking about glycine now. This is the amino acid that we need all throughout our body. It's an immune-modulatory um, amino acid, and it exerts its actions on lots of different sites, lots of different cells. Glyphosate completely replaces it. So what wow. it means is if it replaces glycine in your muscle, your muscle doesn't work. Mm. You have fibrosis, fibromyalgia, right. weakening, atrophy. This is why people can't even get up up the stairs sometimes. So like you mentioned, fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia, exactly. It's gonna replace the proteins in your pancreas, so now you're not able to, to manufacture hormones properly. It replaces, I mean, it's, it's kind of out of control, like how this actually affects us. So um, what happens is you, you cannot wash this herbicide off your vegetables because it infiltrates the vegetable the same way it infiltrates us. It replaces glycine. That's what it was designed to do. Like that, that Roundup is designed to replace that protein with its toxic little protein and shut down the whole plant process so it kills it, basically. Mm. And so um, when you are eating a food that has been sprayed in this manner, that's not organic, when you're eating a, a piece of lettuce or some, some popcorn or something that's non-organic, non what you're basically doing is that that herbicide is in now integrated into the actual plant itself. That means the animals we eat that eat this inorganic stuff are also in, 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 you know um, infiltrated with this protein. You can't wash it off. You cannot peel it off. This is why it's so imperative that we have to start switching to organic food and non-GMO food because they're now incorporated into the plant. Um, Glyphosates have been found to disrupt liver enzymes. So I talked about detoxification pathways. So it completely disrupts the liver from doing its job and the liver does hundreds if not thousands of different important processes. So now the liver cannot detoxify the body, including the glyphosates themselves. It's almost like, it's like a double negative as far as that goes, as well as even the drugs that you're taking. So even the dosing of your prescription medications is set at a certain point knowing that your liver's gonna filter so much of it out. Well, no, 
Now we lose that ability to even filter the toxins out from the drugs that we're taking. So those can build up. Um, we have a buildup of hormones in the body that the liver can't detoxify out. So when toxins build up in the body, we now have oxidative stress, which then causes damage to blood vessels. This is how we end up with heart disease because of these glyphosates. Damage to the organs and glands, which includes the pancreas and the liver itself. And we have damage to the cell membrane and the hormone receptors, which is the main problem for type 2 diabetes. Glyphosates, I know this is a lot guys, but this is so important. Glyphosates make the minerals that we need for healthy function toxic and difficult to get rid of because we've lost our detoxability. Glyphosate binds to things super, super strong. I actually read that glyphosate binds to aluminum and so now your body cannot get rid of excess aluminum. It gets sucked across the blood-brain barrier into the brain, and now we have an epidemic of Alzheimer's and other neurodegenerative autoimmune disorders. And this is part of the reason why. So, you know, there's certain minerals that are healthy for us that we need, but like all minerals, too much actually becomes toxic. There has to be this free flow in and out um, where we're able to use minerals, get rid of them, use them, get rid of them. And we lose that ability with glyphosate and we end up with toxic overburden over, uh, of these minerals. It causes the liver to not be able to activate vitamin D. And we've talked about vitamin D in our diabetics, talk about vitamin D in cancer. I mean, we have low levels of circulating vitamin D because now the liver, due to glyphosate, is not able to activate this important vitamin. And vitamin D, in, in the case of diabetics, is needed for proper insulin receptor function. Of course, there's a whole myriad of other reasons why we need vitamin D. Bone density, brain function, cancer prevention, immune support. So it blocks that. Um, and we test our patients for vitamin D and they're deficient all right. across the border, Absolutely. like deplorably deficient. Glyphosate causes an increase in decrease in bile acid production. So again, this is like impacting our ability to detoxify. So you can't flush out toxins through the bowels now. We end up with all these people having gallbladder disease and gallstones and a buildup of sludge. And this is because of glyphosate. So... What's the solution, right? We'll just pop out your gallbladder because you you can live without it. And we've got gallbladder surgery being done left and right in this country, which is just a, a horrible thing as well and completely preventable. And part of it is, is, is because of glyphosate. Glyphosate also causes a decrease in something called sulfate. Um, sulfate is needed to help break down proteins. So what happens is you end up with a buildup of garbage proteins. As the cells are burning sugar and running their processes, they're kind of building proteins but breaking down proteins. Cells are dying, those are garbage proteins, and we need sulfate and glutathione to actually be able to get this stuff out of the tissues, through the liver, and out of the body, right? But we can't do that because glyphosate blocks the sulfates that we need. They inactivate the sulfates in such a manner that we now have this buildup of sludge, debris, garbage. Becomes like New York City on garbage day, all day, every day in your tissues. Mm. Totally gross, but that's what causes inflammation and that's what causes sugars to go high. Glyphosate also makes proteins that we might have allergies to even more potently allergenic because our body can't break them down right. and our immune system is just hammering trying to get these guys out mm -hmm. and so now we've got crazy crazy um st stats on allergies whether it's peanut or dairy or you know strawberries or whatever we've got ridiculous and allergies whether it's food intolerances or hyperallergenic states and again we're causing inflammation 
inflammation cause sugars to be up. So this is uh, probably almost too much to take in for a lot of our listeners. I mean, we're, we've covered a lot about how glyphosate contributes to increased blood sugars and diabetes, but we haven't even really covered how it affects all these other diseases as well, like autoimmune diseases and cancer. So, um, I mean, this almost sounds helpless. So how do we get this stuff flushed out of our bodies? Well, on our next episode, I've got all the solutions. So stay tuned for next week's episode when we go over all of the ways that you can avoid it and get it out of your body. So, um, so you've been listening to Living Health Live. This is Dr. Tom Cheney and Dr. Steph Cheney of Living Health Integrative Medicine. Um, you can also check out our book, Defeat Diabetes. It's on Amazon. It's also on our website. Remember, our goal is to help 1 million people reverse their type 2 diabetes by 2020. Check us out at MyLivingHealth.com. The information on this show is intended as educational information only. The information given here is designed to help you make informed decisions about your health and is not intended as a substitute for any medical treatment.